0: Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. All right, John, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago in one of our staff prayers where we were asking the question, are there any sermons in the past that you've heard that you remember? And it led to some good conversation for us as a staff. And you have one that you remember from a long time Charlie ago when you were 20, in seminary, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. 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 And so why don't you, it, and it perfectly sets up the topic that we want to yeah. talk about today. So why don't you talk about this sermon you remember from 20 years ago?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so if you, you know, set the picture, you're in seminary, uh, with a bunch of people in, uh, coats and ties, very formal, uh, setting and, uh, Chuck Swindoll, you, and I think yeah. most of our listeners probably would know, uh, Chuck Swindoll. So he gets up to, to speak, which I was excited about. Chuck's always a, you know, he's a seasoned pastor, great communicator. And uh, he stands up and he announces the text and he says, guys, today we're going to talk about First uh, Samuel 16, 7. And uh, I was like, oh man, you know, like I've, I've heard this sermon before, <laughs> you know, that uh, man looks on outward appearance and, uh, but the Lord looks on the heart, you know, and I was like, I can give you the outline. I know how this is going to go. And he just starts throwing haymakers at the audience and he says all of you are expecting me to talk about you know integrity and um you know all your inner life uh, you shouldn't be here if not i want to talk about the outward appearance and he
0: <laughs> was it was, like record scratch when oh, he said it, that well it
1: was it wasn't it, it, no one knew what was coming but afterwards um I, no one came out of there unscathed right and he just started taking shots uh, at like literally everybody, I think the women, he probably didn't say anything to them, but right. every male in the room just got obliterated by this seasoned pastor. And, uh, and he said, you know, don't hide behind this idea that the Lord looks on the heart. You're dealing with people. You're not ministering to the, to the Lord. You're not having lunch <laughs> with the Lord. You're not preaching a sermon to the Lord. You're not leading a staff meeting, you know, of, these are people and they look on your outward appearance. And so he just, he's just, just he's got this rapid fire list and he, <laughs> so think, here's some, you know, some, some things I remember. Um, so, you know, he starts like you guys on the West coast, you know, cut your hair. I can't tell if you're a, you know, a, a guy or a gal, you know, uh, he's like, you know, your casual attire, he, you know, he's probably talking about like flip flops and board shorts. Right. He's like, you look homeless, you know, and I will not follow you. And I will not, you know, I would, I'm not going to listen to anything, uh, that you say, you know, he, uh, he got real tactical about, uh, like suits. You yeah, know. like suit color to wear, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. You were me. He said, he said, get a charcoal color suit. If you got one bullet to fire, get a charcoal colored suit uh, because you can use it in every uh, situation. He goes, some of the colors you're wearing, goes, those were never in style. Like burn them, don't wear them. And while we're talking about clothes, like iron them, press them. You know, you look like, you know, you're a junior high kid and you just found your jacket. Je- yeah. It was, it was amazing. And, um, you know, and so there was lots of laughter. There's lots of nervous laughter. And I just thought, you know, a gutsy, um, I, uh, it took some real guts to say that. And the other thing I thought was that was helpful. Yeah. No one, no one talks about that. And every young leader will be really, really served if they take both the specifics, but even I think the categories that he was talking about there and put them into practice. And I, I don't know that I've heard that message preached that way ever yeah. uh, before or since. And we don't, that's not a topic that we talk a lot about because it feels a little bit icky it does, uh, to yeah. us as Christians.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, and I love that with the first Samuel 16, seven, because um, you've never heard another sermon like that. Yeah. And even as you're talking about that, I mean, the reaction is you told me that story before we hit record was, yeah, I can't believe he said that, you know, and so again, those were not John McGee's words. Those are Chuck Swindoll's words.
1: So if, oh, and it was like, yeah. And if, if anybody's he was been telling, a, he was telling guys to lose weight, you yeah. know, you're overweight, you look sloppy. I wouldn't follow you. I was like, dude, you know, you pretty much offended every yeah. single person in there,
0: but that helpfulness with yeah. it. And, and it is, it's one of those things. So again, uh, if you think about out in industry right now, this is a, this is a topic out in industry. And you and I were even Googling some articles and looking at like what Harvard business review and certain people talking about this topic and out there in the industry, they call it executive presence, which again, it's just a fancy way to say what, what Chuck Swindoll was talking about that day, which is people look at your outward appearance and they make some judgments based on that. And it's not fair. And it's not what the Lord looks at, but we are, especially as church leaders, we're trying to minister to people. And so we would be remiss if we ignored it. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in the churches that we focus, especially in when we talk about leadership is maybe there's there's too much emphasis on the substance of a leader and and we're really kind of ignoring sometimes the style of a leader and when we say style we're going to use that word a lot in this episode we yeah. don't just mean your clothing style it is the the way the world perceives you there's a lot that goes into your style that we're going to break down here in a little bit. And I think, I don't know if that's been helpful to all leaders to to break that or to uh, emphasize too much on the substance. And so here's what we're going to assume with our listeners is that they've got all the substance, right? This is a church leadership podcast. Yep. We assume, as it sounds like Swindoll did in that sermon, you guys get the character piece. I mean, those are for us, those are permission to play values. Yep. If you don't have the substance, you're not going to be a church leader. And, uh, and so yes, we can say things and it's appropriate to continue to maintain your heart and, and keep uh, building the substance that is there, but the world looks is not always, or, or your substance cannot always be seen on the outside. That's right. And That's sometimes right. there's a gap between who we are on the inside and what the world perceives on, uh, on the outside. And so we're just kind of calling this an X factor, right? Because you and I were even remarking, isn't it strange how, uh, you can use sports analogies. You you fire a coach, put a new coach in there, and now all of a sudden this team with the same players is doing great. We've seen this at, at the church level. You see this in businesses. You just swap a leader out, yeah. and everything
1: changes. Why or, is that? Or Why? the military, right? They have like yeah. aircraft carriers or entire submarines that are the worst performing, and you change out uh, the leader, and now they're the best performing. Yeah. You know, and the only thing that's changed is that person uh, there who's at the helm. Yep. And people,
0: you and I know. I mean, we've been in rooms with people that there's. Uh, You're with some person and you hear them talk and they maybe don't have the best education or the best background, but they've just got an X factor about them that is instilling confidence and trust. And you're trying to go, why is it? I'm just, I'm going to follow this person, this guy or this girl anywhere, like wherever they -hmm. they go, I'm going to follow that person. And there is this intangible X factor that's out there. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with the way we are perceived by others and not perceived by, and we, we we should care about that. Not because we so much care about what people think about us, but, uh, if, if we don't, um, put out the right perception in the very beginning, we may not even have
1: opportunities to have conversations with people. Yeah, that's really good. So, um, it is interesting when you, um, when you read, you know, read some of the articles, you know, you read, um, Adam, but like no one really knows how to explain what this is. Yeah. So we can free ourselves uh, here, <laughs> That's right. uh, but I think we're going to give up some thoughts, yeah. but I think even more broadly than that, it's the category to think through. And so what would you say, let's go ahead and teach to the test. Um, what would you say is uh, is the point of this? What, what, what should a leader do as a result uh, of, of this conversation we're about to have?
0: Yeah. I think as a result of this is you want to uh, not ignore the way people are possibly perceiving yeah. you. And again, you're not doing this to build yourself up, and you're not going to violate Galatians one ten in this. This is just going. I know who I am on the inside, or who I want to be. I know. Um, I know the way I want to be perceived. Is my style, my leadership style, is it being perceived the way I want it to be perceived? And said another way, even even uh, more simple, uh, what are my blind spots? What are the ways I think I communicate this way? I think this is the way I'm perceived by others, but I don't know if I am. And so, I, just not to ignore that there is this, uh, there might be this distance between who I am on the inside and the way people are perceiving
1: me on the yeah, outside. I think, yeah, man, looking on um, outward appearances, uh, we would say today, uh, that's how people perceive us. And so that, that would be um, how to think about that verse. How, how is it that people perceive us and um, they have a perception of us, that it's not that they don't, um, but are we dialed into and does our perception help us? Uh, Does it give us an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, show or minister out of lead out of uh, the integrity of our hearts? Or does it kind of stop the conversation right there where people would never get to know us or want to follow us? Or be with us, uh, uh, be on our teams, uh, and find out what's going on in our heart because of the way they perceive us. Yeah. Good.
0: All right. So we're going to talk about this X factor. The X factor has these two components, your style and your substance. The style is what we're just talking about. That's the way people perceive you. The substance is who you are on the inside. Uh, a lot of times there is a gap between those. So just to kind of set our categories again, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. And we think there's five elements. So, so the rest of our conversation, we're going to kind of focus on that yep. style piece. And yep. we think there's at least five categories. There's probably more, but at least five that we want to talk about just to give you some ideas of, okay, these are some questions I might need to ask, some studying that I need to do to figure out how people are perceiving me. So you just want to go through this list? Absolutely. All right. So the very first one that we want to talk about is this, um, is Appearance.
1: Yeah. So I, I think you should share uh, the study that uh, yeah. that, you, that you shared with me because it was fascinating.
0: It really is. And so I just got done reading the book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And he talked about this study that was done at Princeton, where these, this one professor showed students pictures of various faces. So just had this list of faces and they were showing these pictures very, very quickly, sometimes as little as one tenth of a second. Then asked the students to rank the pictures based on likability and competence. And what the professor was surprised by is that there was quite a bit of agreement on who was more likable and appeared to be more competent. Well, come to find out these faces were not random at all. These were pictures of politicians who were competing for elective offices. And so the professor took the the results of the elections and compared them to the results of his students' rankings of likability and found that there was this 70% overlap. In 70% of the races, the candidates with a high rating of likability and competence won The election. And so they thought, well, maybe this was just an American thing. Maybe us Americans were just the shallow ones. Right. That we're the only ones that that uh, are making judgments based on the way somebody looks or something like that. Well, no, lo and behold, they went and they did similar studies in Finland, England, Australia, Germany and Mexico and found the exact same thing that happened. Here's here's the the point of all of this. Rapid judgments are a real thing. They happen and it's not fair and it's not right. Um, maybe it's not even biblical, right. In the sense of this, not, it's, it doesn't please God that it happens, but they happen. And so as leaders, we need to be aware that this happens. So the very first thing that people are going to see when they meet us is our appearance. And there's going to be a rapid judgment that's going to happen yeah. from that.
1: A tenth of a second. Yeah, that, I mean, it's just mind blowing. But I think we all know experientially that's that's the case. We walk into a room and you scan it, and you've made you've made immediate uh, assumptions about who's in the room. So yeah. you can assume that everyone else kind of operates that yeah. as well. And so, yeah.
0: And so I, you know, we want to we want to not take this to an extreme. And so there's yeah. what we're not saying is go hire a personal stylist. And now get all the, all the right clothes and cut your hair the right way and wear the right shoes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that is not what we're saying. Here's what we're saying is, um, it, don't ignore it and ask yourself, is there anything in my appearance that distracts? Yeah anything that distracts because you, if we go chase the rabbit trails of uh, what style clothes to wear and shoes and haircuts and all that kind of stuff, it's just going to lead us down a path that we do not want to so, go and I don't think that's the intent yeah. of what we're, and, and more, nor is it maybe even necessary, but you're just trying to figure out, going, okay, I have a physical appearance. I have one. Yeah. It's there. I'm not yeah. just a spirit, right? I have a <laughs> physical appearance. Is it distracting because rapid judgments
1: happen? Yeah, it's I. this is about, we're about to get some emails uh, here. We are, oh, the, yeah. The, the, n- n- normally people email us and tell us how much they, you know, they appreciate and you know uh, what we're doing, and led to good conversations. We're gonna get s- some heat, and it, it's it's okay. Uh, well, we'll be all But here's with the thing: here.
0: there is a leader driving around right now who's in uh, his mid fifties that is looking at somebody in his organization, a guy or a girl. And he's sitting there nodding his head right now or she's nodding her head right now going, that is right. That person, they wear football jerseys all the time and they're in flip flops and they're showing up to meetings and it doesn't look like they've combed their hair in three weeks. And I'm a Christian and it feels yucky to tell them that they need to change their appearance. But I know it's having an impact and hopefully we just freed that person up to go have that conversation. Yeah.
1: That's helpful. Yeah. That's helpful. The, let us be the bad guy. Give us, give them, uh, this episode. So, uh, yeah. So Adam, I think you're wise to say, Hey, let's just don't go to an extreme on this. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people who be listening to this are pastors. Right. So they're not, you know, they're not going to the mall and hiring a stylist. Right. So, you know, our, our shoes are not on the cutting edge. So do what you can, you know, yep. try not to, to minimize the distraction might be the, uh, might be the goal there. Um, but take, take care of yourself. I mean, you know, the way you, uh, you, what you groom and I'll just like, let's just go ahead and offend like a lot of people let's and be be really, <laughs> uh, really service level. So, uh, a lot, you know, as I get older, I'm watching my peers with, uh, ear and nose hair. Are you noticing this? Yeah. <laughs> <I am. laughs> and you just like to be a friend, you just go, Hey bud, you know, listen, you need to trim that up. Yep. And, um, so, uh, that's because it's again, like, So you meet someone and they've got a long nose hair. They're done. They're done. They're not going to listen to you anymore. You've sat in that Uh,
0: meeting and you've only stared at that nose hair for 30 uh, uh, minutes and you didn't hear a thing thing that guy said.
1: You might be the godliest person on the planet. They will not listen. (laughs) Uh, So wait. Uh, And so this is, I can say this one, you very fit. Trim, uh, young man. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big boned individual who had a uh, <laughs> you know who had a herniated disc this year, and I'm on the uh, the wrong side of the uh, you know uh, kind of normal, And, but uh, it's not something that I, I I'm ignoring. Uh, right. I, I will tell you, and um, so I haven't been able to do the cardio that I normally do to kind of keep it you know somewhat at bay. But it's it's a category that I'm that I'm thinking I've had to because I can't exercise as much. I've had to eat less, right. which has been death. It has been so <laughs> <laughs> so stinking hard. Uh, so I do it, you know, as a way to honor the Lord, way to you know live long for my family, but also is it like, uh, as like as as a leadership uh, principle. So sitting up yep. straight, yep. Um, just kind of your, you know, you you walk into a room, you might be the smartest person in the room, you might be the best leader in the room, but if you if you slouch, if you're laid back, if you look disinterested, if your shoulders are um, you know hunched forward, it's materially different than someone who's sitting up straight, who's dialed in, someone who's standing straight, shoulders back, um, you know, in a a posture that looks like, hey, I I have something to offer here. Uh, Again, they don't I don't know that you're going to read a Christian book uh, on this, but I just think it's true. We're trying to be helpful. Yeah.
0: And in some ways I'm thinking of what Paul talks about in Romans 14 of not putting stumbling blocks yeah, there. Yeah, this this a is, this is uh, You're doing this out of love in, in, a, in a way, you know, of just saying like, I just, I, I want to have an opportunity. I don't want anything to get in the way of me being able to connect with this person, love them and share this. And I know rapid judgments happen. So appearance, here's what we'd say is, uh, is dress your age, <laughs> look your age, right? Like, we're not asking a uh, 55 year old men to look like a 25 year old man. That's that. Just, just be, be your age with all of that kind of stuff. But also, uh, the dress, your age thing, you know, you, you're noticing the, the nose hairs, which I noticed, but I'm, I, as I'm moving through my forties now, I'm noticing more and more older men that are trying to dress like they're still in college and in their twenties. And, uh, let it go. You might put a little stumbling block. Okay. Yes. All right. So appearance is number one. Uh, number two would be this, would be communication, just verbal and nonverbal. You've talked about some of the nonverbal communication, even with just the way you hold yourself in a meeting with the way you stand up and posture and all that kind of stuff. So here would be some stylistic things when with your communication that would maybe get in the way of you being able to lead effectively. So let's just talk about the verbal. Number one, um, if a uh, tone you know, is going to be a huge deal. I still uh, remember our friend Ted that came to the marriage conference mm-hmm. years and years ago, and people still remember that message that he taught on tone and that right. tone matters. And so uh, you, you need to be really, really careful about how you're communicating something we've talked about. I think on the uh, five reasons, nobody's listening to you, the Moravian concept that only 7% of communication is That's your right. words. That's right. The other uh, 93% is tone and it's body language. So your tone matters. Um, your facial expression when talking right so if you're sometimes there is a disconnect and that would be a great question to ask people is what do i look like when i'm talking because if you're if you look like you're concentrating in the sense that your your eyebrows are down and your face looks scrunched up and the perception is you're mad right, right. now. And right. so just trying to find some connection uh, between those
1: two, those are some, some thoughts I'd love to keep going, but that, that is my, uh, one of my ditches, Adam, if I was listening really, really intently to you, I would kind of scrunch my face. And what I'm trying to do is listen like with zero distractions and dial in 100%. Yeah. Uh, and then think about that while you're, while you're listening. But what it conveys is uh, I, I either, I disagree or that I'm angry or that yep. that is that that's how I can, I guess that that's um, I have that potential in me and I've gotten uh, that feedback before, you know, and I go that this is a perfect example of that no, actually, <laughs> I'm trying to be an amazing friend or a colleague yes. or whatever, like truly, if you knew my heart, oh, but you can't see it. all you can see is my face and I don't, I've got a no face instead of a yes face. And so I, I have to uh, smile, open my eyes wide, you know, look like, um, like show on my face, what's going on inside of my heart. I'm interested. I care. Uh, this is important and I've got to put that on my face. Um, because people can't see my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's a big deal. So all of those, even when somebody else is talking, just the, the nodding of your head, the, the little, yeah. Okay. And what else, you know, it just shows all of that with communication I think one last thing on verbal before we get to nonverbal would be if you're in a meeting, uh, are, are you talking too long? Right. You know, I think I even saw an article recently that talked about 40 seconds being the sweet spot. So when you're going in in a meeting, can you go for about 40 seconds? Now I've never set a stopwatch, but I read that and I was like, that probably feels right. If anybody goes longer than 40 seconds, it may be, uh it may be too much, and that style is getting in the way right. of you being able to uh, to lead well. The nonverbals are again some of the stuff that our moms taught us. So literally, when you're sitting in a meeting. Uh, Do you look like you want to be there? Physically, you know, are you, are, or, or do you look like you're watching a football game, and uh, and so just read the room, know the moment, sit straight up, and sometimes what I'll do if I have trouble paying attention in a meeting, that's where a pen and some paper is just my best friend, yeah. and it, if nothing, else, I'm not trying to lead anybody on to pretend like I'm I'm paying attention when I'm not, but I'm just trying to keep my mind engaged and show a, a posture that is hey I want to I want to be here right now, so yeah. so some of the nonverbals as well, uh, always arms crossed if you're always talking to people with your arms crossed that would communicate. Uh, that, that could be something that would get in the way as well as like, I don't necessarily want to connect with you. I just want you to listen to me. So yeah. Yeah. all of those things kind of play in
1: with, uh, with perceptions on the way we communicate. It's really good. Yeah. And I think, um, those, uh, the verbal as well, we judge people, uh, by that. And so, um, there's someone who they don't really know their point and they just start talking. Yes. Right. And you go, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm out yeah. uh, on that. Um, so I think that a brevity of words that you were talking about, I think, um, you know, I, this just, again, this feels so icky. Um, but having like punchy words, words that like, uh, will resonate that will stick. Todd's really good at this. Like, right? you know, you just, he'll craft a phrase and he'll mm-hmm. remember it and he'll re and he reuses yes. it. And I think that's a really good best practice. This and yep. again, you're not trying to play mind games on people, but that is like that's helpful and that um that shows that uh, you're being thoughtful about it and it inspires confidence. The way you communicate, the way you can succinctly um communicate uh, complex ideas or this is where we're going, uh, and it makes sense and it's memorable and it packs a punch. Um, that is part of the X factor of leadership. And I I you know, all things being equal, that's the person that we'd want to follow. Uh, that's the person that we'd want to get to know their heart.
0: That's right. Okay. All right, John. So number three would be decisiveness and decision
1: making. Yeah. So um, we've talked about different ways that we make decisions, like our own unique style. And so I think we should stay in that lane and um, like leverage um, the way God kind of wired us up. So we have. Uh, we've talked about collaborators. We've talked about command and control. We've talked about um, kind of this consensus uh, builder. So whoever you are, like do that, um, but. Here's, here's what I think we have in mind, Adam, is that we've been in a room when decisions need to be made or are being made, and there's a way you could handle those. That just instills confidence. Right. I mean, people look at the outward appearance and they go, "That person right there. I want to know who they are. I want to follow them. I want. I want more." And conversely, uh, we've seen decisions need to be made, and someone is just not helpful. Uh, they can't decide. They think kind of erratically, or um, just based out of emotion, or they don't even make sense in the way that they make decisions. And you just go, I, "I'm kind of. I'm kind of out uh, on this one. Either I won't invite this person in next time, or I won't." follow them. Um, and so I think, you know, just some of the things that you can do, uh, you know, one is ask very thoughtful questions that uh, would, would lead you to uh, making principled, uh, value driven decisions, not just pragmatic ones, not just ones that will uh, keep the discussion moving on, but like, uh, you know, I, I want to know that Adam is, is a guy that's going to make decisions that are based on the kind of the guiding principles of this organization. And uh, if he does, then I'll, I'll want him in on the decision making process. And then someone who can actually make the decision. Yes. You see people that just go, they have such a hard time uh, deciding and that does not instill confidence. And so there might be all kinds of things going on. You, you may go, I need to think, I need to pray. Uh, you can say that, but to feel like, oh, I just can't decide on that, right. that outward appearance of we're looking on does not instill confidence and I think really does hurt uh, Yeah.
0: And so here's one thing you can do if you do struggle making decisions and that would be where I fall down is that I can get overwhelmed with all the information and I just need some time to process and I usually don't process well when I feel like I'm put on the spot. Here's here's one thing you can do is just go, okay, in the meeting. All right, I've got all the facts. I'll have a decision first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah. Just give me give me a few yeah, minutes. That right? instills confidence. And that, that's better than sitting there spiraling and talking and talking and talking in circles. Just be clear. Be clear about what's going on. Hey, I need some I need I need uh, I need to sleep on this tonight. I need 5 more hours. I need 2 more hours. Give me 1 hour whatever it is. Right. Just be clear. And uh, and don't don't sit there. I like asking this question too. This helps me get unstuck. Sometimes we got a whole episode on how to get unstuck when yep. you're making decisions that we can put in the show notes. But uh, this this question that was shared uh, with me years ago, if I just go, what would an amazing leader do right That's now? That's it. That is it. I, it's amazing how much clarity comes in there. It just gets me outside of myself and go, I'm just going to pretend I'm an amazing leader right now and not feel so insecure. What if I am an amazing leader? What would an amazing leader do? Oh, they'd make this decision? Okay, I'll go there. Yeah. And, uh, and all that stuff you're stuck style and making decisions can build confidence or can it erode confidence. It can build trust
1: or erode trust and and it matters. All that. Yeah. So if I was going to follow someone right now, what did I hope, what would I hope they would do, you know, do do that. And so, you know, what would amazingly do it doesn't mean you have to be, uh, you know, Patton or or somebody, you know, be, be true to who you are, but that, that question, uh, will often unlock, uh, some really good thinking and, uh, provide a a really clear path. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. Okay. So appearance, communication, decisiveness, um, number four would be, this would be, emotions and just how you regulate your emotions. And we have this one down closer to the end of the list here. Um, but this doesn't mean that it's, uh, this is not a force rank list. Great. The way a leader regulates their emotions, uh, if, if they hear nothing else, this might be one of the yeah. most important yeah. items when it comes to your style and the way you're perceived as a leader, both positive emotions and negative emotions. Let's talk about negative emotions first because that probably is going to cause the most damage. If you cannot control your temper, cannot control your tongue when you're angry... Um, if you cannot control your pessimism, your skepticism, if you are constantly flying off and uh, saying things that you later regret... If you don't know how to regulate your emotions in a stressful situation, that is impacting your style, which is impacting your leadership. It doesn't matter, you know, what the character is on the inside. If there is a gap between who you are on the inside and what people perceive when it comes to regulating your emotions, it, it's not—it's not, it's not going to go well yeah. uh, for long. Yeah. And That's really um, and so you have got to be able to. Have whatever strategies that it is that will ultimately, obviously, is going to be involving to be controlled by the spirit is what you're going to need in those moments. But leadership is hard, and uh, you will need to lead when when things hit the fan, when it gets stressful, when there's uncertainty, there's high emotion. That's when you need to lead, and you have got to be able to regulate your emotions in that moment so you can make good decisions. Build team consensus and instill confidence and trust.
1: I don't know that I have anything to add. I mean that you don't want people to have to manage you and your emotions. There you go. Right. You want them to be solution oriented, uh, mission driven. Um, and they can't do that if they've got to manage you. Yep. And so that's whether they follow you or, uh, or, um, or, or lead you, if they've got to take their emotional energy to, to manage you, then that, that short circuits, all the things that are supposed to happen from there, because that becomes the most important that you can't, you can't move on, uh, in an organization or in an, in a meeting when someone is just fume and mad yep. or someone who's really sad or, yep.
0: Do you know what you need the most, what your brain needs the most when the tension is high and the emotions are high? Do you know what it needs the most? Nothing I know of. Yeah. Oxygen. <laughs> right? So I had never known this before. I had always heard that if, if tensions get high, take a deep breath. And I thought that was just a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, kind of like take a deep breath, look at what an idiot you're looking like right now so that you can make a better yeah. decision. Emotional Intelligence 2.0, that book that I read recently, they talked about the physiology behind deep breathing and what it, how your oxy, how your brain is deprived of oxygen in these high stress situations, and taking deep breaths floods your brain with oxygen so that you can make good decisions in that moment. And I was like, praise God <laughs> for the way He made us, right? Like, how awesome is that that we can get this free resource that calms us and helps us in those high stress situations
1: yes. to be able to make a good I've got decision. Got my mind an oxygen tank out in the middle of these meetings, and everyone say, like, hey, ra- grab the mask for a second, everybody. Yeah. Look, <laughs> but,
0: yeah, look like you're a football player <laughs> over there on the sidelines after you just ran a, a punt return back for a touchdown and get some oxygen. Simple little way to control your emotions. Okay, number five would be this, would be energy. So that that what kind of energy are you bringing to every room and every situation? That's a stylistic piece of your leadership
1: that matters. Yeah, yeah and I was, you know. Um, this is top of mind to me. I I was watching Todd uh, recently. There were some meetings. So like in, you know, in a given week, I would be sometimes with the same group of people, sometimes uh, with Todd, sometimes without, without Todd, like multiples of these. And I noticed that when Todd was in the room, there was a, um, there was just much more energy. There was a quickening of the pace. Uh, it was more fun, yeah. candidly, when, yeah. he, when he was there, and I thought, but that is a great example of a difference that, that an individual can make. That that, that intangible X factor. It really, is. so there was nothing that was off the rails uh, without him. But there was flat out, there was more energy uh, in the meetings with Todd with there, and I thought, but that 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 needs to be me in my own unique way, um, you know, in my own my own wiring, but. Um, Energy, uh, I think, produces camaraderie. It produces great decisions. uh, It makes things a lot more fun. Yeah,
0: it makes uh, makes the environment feel safe. And here's just like a simple way to bring energy into a meeting is that if either a meeting that you're in or a meeting that you're leading – Just when you walk in, smile and greet people by their name. As silly as that sounds, I've been a part of so many meetings uh, at all levels, like guys in my community group, when we get together and we meet in the mornings to, uh, to meetings here around the church, to meetings with friends. And when I was out in industry as an accountant, those meetings, how many people just walk in and just sit down and they don't greet anybody. Totally. And you're just like, okay, that's an energy drain right there. That that's a stylistic thing that is not building trust or instilling confidence right now. Yeah. And so just just know, I mean, as it's been said so well, as a leader, one of the most important things you bring to your team is your energy yep. and so uh, somebody like me that would struggle more with pessimism on that spectrum I'm more on the pessimistic side than on the optimistic side I mean this is stuff that I really 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 have to be careful yeah. with and and I cannot let this melancholy mood that maybe I was in in that morning after journaling and reading the Psalms or something like that carry over yeah. into my meetings I've, I've got to I've got to be able to project some energy because my, my team is going to read
1: that that's good yeah and there's, there's some feedback I've given to multiple, multiple people um who kind of struggle with that. I was like, hey, just call me individually. You can just completely unload. Yes. Take all your negative emotions, you know, uh, whatever you need to get off your chest, um, all your pessimism. I I can handle it. Just give it to me um, you know, at a volume 10, but you cannot bring that into our meetings or to the, th- the, you know, the, the areas that you're leading, you just can't uh, because it tanks everything. It really does. And uh, so I think you need to self-regulate, but if that, if it can't just call me, yeah <laughs> but do not get it out of your system and don't bring it in. And then I think, you know, we've got to do that, um, uh, as well. So that, that's a, that's a really good word. I, and, it,
0: I, and it goes back to some of the self-leadership stuff that we've talked about in that episode. Can you lead yourself? I mean, your energy is going to come from a bunch of different places and a lot of it is up to you. So what, yeah. what your home life is like is going to determine yep. what, what your energy is like, uh, when you're in the office, when you're in the office. And so, uh, if you're fighting with your, with your spouse, go, go resolve that conflict because that's going to impact your energy when you're leading your teams. Uh, if you've got conflict at work, resolve that because then that's going to impact your leadership at home. And so, it, you know, we'd like to say that men are what a chest of drawers and women are a plate of spaghetti. And I just, I don't believe that at all. I believe we're all a plate of spaghetti. Everything impacts it's everything, yeah. right? It is all just an integrated life and we're just living it. And energy drains and gains can come from so
1: many different areas. Yeah. And back, you know, the, the, the physical back to the, uh, the appearance and working out and things like that for most of us, uh, the endorphins that come yeah. with, with moving, uh, it's helpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A few days ago, um, you know, just getting you know ready for the holidays and things like that, um. We had a list of things, and one option um, that we had uh, was I could go work out, and Pam goes, "Hey, once you go to the gym," and, uh, <laughs> and then she said it with a tone like, uh, "You know, it's going to cost me, and you're not going to be around. But when you come back, you're going to be in a much better mood." Better. than me. <laughs> smart woman. That's a smart she, woman. Uh, she never did say that, but I, I kind of think that's what she was saying. And uh, yeah, and I know um, you know you, you move in the morning, or you know those kind of things, the endorphins, which is really again part of what's been so hard. Yeah. Uh, This year is not having that and having to just kind of will myself, uh, at times, sometimes I haven't been able to just to have that, that energy to walk in uh, and do that. So really, really, really good stuff. So, okay. So, so Adam, what's the, what's the, so what? Yeah,
0: here, Here, here's what I, I think about my friend, Ryan Amerson. And this is a guy that, uh, has been a member here at Watermark for years, for years. And I've known him for, um, maybe close to 10 years now, a little over 10 years we met when I first came on staff. So our sons are playing baseball together and I was with him earlier this fall. We were just watching baseball practice and uh, he said this, he said, you know what, I'm going to take, and he named a guy, I'm going to take him to lunch because he's been around me a lot lately and I've got this sense, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but basically what Ryan was saying is I've got this sense that there's a disconnect between my substance and my style and and I'm starting to wonder if I'm being perceived the way I think I'm being perceived. And so I'm going to take my friend to lunch and I'm just going to ask him one question. How do you experience me? Mm. And then I'm just going to listen to what he says and I'm going to write it down and I'm going to thank him for the feedback. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to interpret all this and figure out what I need to do. My friend Ryan did not ask this question because he needed the love and admiration yep. of this person. This was not, again, a Galatians 1.10 violation type thing. He was just going, he was just being a wise, mature leader yeah. and and friend and just going, I think there are times where my style, I don't know what I don't know. I might have some blind spots here and I, I want to instill confidence and trust. And I bet my friend here will tell me the truth. And I was like, man, that is great. And I think that's the so what. So yeah. this this list that we went through with this, uh, appearance and communication and decision making, emotions and energy, take one or all of those and ask different people in different spheres of influence in your life how do you perceive me in these areas with these categories? So you can ask your spouse or your kids, these questions. You can ask your peers at your, at your church, these questions, you can ask your community group, these questions, your friends, you can ask, uh, ask your boss, ask the people that you're responsible for leading. Just ask them, listen and thank them, but, but ask the question and don't ignore the fact that, that style does matter. People, people look at the appearance. They, they, they experience you some way and you do not benefit from uh, that information that you don't have, right? It. You got to be able to go
1: get it. That's it. Well, yeah. And I, w- I would encourage, you know, listeners to to take action uh, on on the things they listen to here. So if, you know, uh, if there's an easy set of five to talk about with your team or something like that, to do that. I mean, so Chris Halley is here, uh, you know, in the studio with us and uh, he's on my team. And so after the five, uh, the, the new episode on five mistakes we did. I just took he and, and others, you know, bottom tacos and said, here's a list like, you know, go, uh, go for it. Yep. And, um, I don't want, you know, uh, I don't want to miss an opportunity, uh, to get better. And so this would be a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, what are people saying behind your back? Uh, what do people know intuitive and they know intuitively what's holding you back as a leader? They do. If they just have permission, you know, and you would tie your hands behind your back, I bet you they would tell you. Yep. Um, and so we're not doing this because we're somehow like vain, right? Uh, this is not vanity. Um, if you had to choose one style or substance to
0: work on, Work on the substance, yeah, right? Absolutely. That has got to be there. That's a given. That's got to be
1: there. Repent of your sin. Deal with you know anything that's just off in your uh, in your soul. Um, go make amends. Yes, you know, uh, read your Bible, pray, like yet yeah, that that that. But then, uh, at when when
0: somebody is uh, confident in their identity and who they are, and they know the substance by and large is there then don't ignore yeah. that there is also a perception, uh, as we said, rapid judgments happen yeah. as leaders. It's That's just, it. it's just the, it's the world we live in. And so, uh, we don't do anybody favors and, and we're ministering to people, right? Yeah. As, Swindall Swindoll said, we're not yeah. ministering. Um, uh, we're ministering to people and this is the way they think. And yeah. so if we want to be able to connect well with them and lead them and share the life changing message of Jesus with them and disciple them, then we've got to understand yeah. perception sometimes is reality.
1: It's great. God has given you gifts, um, to build up the church. Yep. And, um, and you are supposed to minister to people, but those people make snap judgments and uh, the mission of God matters and your gifts are to be deployed uh, against it. And if you don't deal with some of the ways that people perceive you, um, you don't get that opportunity, which would be uh, which would be a shame. Amen. And so that's the, that's, the, that's the why.
0: There it is. Well, if you have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you would like for us to consider for future episodes, feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show that helps people find us thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you again next time